Hi guys, and welcome back to Midday Matcha with Livy. Clearly, I am fucking Livy. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode. I don't know what the fuck that was, but we're going to roll with it. We're going to just do it. If my audio sounds different, it's because Maisie's boyfriend, Drew, really upped my audio game. He said he was going to fix something. So if it sounds like shit, let me know so I can fuck him up. Thank you. Okay. So... This week's episode, I'm not going to give you guys a week intro because I'm going to give you guys a life intro. You know what I mean? That was me trying to say life update. Like I'm going to give you guys a life update, what I'm dealing with, what I'm doing, who I'm fucking. I'm dropping names this episode. I'm telling you every dick I've sucked in the past six months, I'm airing it all out. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Kidding, I'm not dropping names, but I will tell you about some dicks I've been sucking. Okay, I'm literally kidding again. I am not gonna be talking about sucking dick because honest to God, look, I just have not been sucking dick. So, oh my God, me imagining my mom listening to this intro, she's probably like, Olivia, what the fuck? Whatever, fuck you, mom. Okay, kidding again. Oh my God, this is gonna be an interesting episode. So, the last time I did a life update, podcast episode. I was, I I literally don't fucking remember. I think it was October and there, I, there, I feel like there wasn't a huge update for me to give you guys. Like, I feel like it wasn't anything drastic. This, I also don't feel like it's super drastic, but no, no, I lied. It is pretty drastic, but like I have a lot of fun shit to talk to you guys about. And then I have some like actual fucked up shit to talk to you guys about as well. And I just want to sit, I want to chit chat. I want everyone to feel safe. I want everyone to feel um, welcome. And I just want it to feel like a conversation of you, like us talking about like me just like catching up with my life. Like if, you know, like let's just catch up over brunch. What bitch brunch? Anyways. Yeah. We're going to catch up. So, okay. First things first. If you don't know what Moldavite is, Moldavite is a crystal and it's like all over TikTok because if you wear Moldavite, it is going to change your life. What Moldavite does is once you start wearing it, it aligns you to your higher purpose. So that means anybody or anything that's not supposed to be in your path or on your way gets fucking yanked out of your life. Like I'm not kidding you, yanked out like no other. And it snatches every single thing away from you that you're just not supposed to have in your life. But it also brings in so many great things as well. So I got Moldavite, okay? I got Moldavite back in, right after I recorded that podcast episode. So it, like I got it in October. So much has happened since October. So many crazy things. I'm so excited to update you guys. So this is like a Moldavite slash life update. It's like, this is what Moldavite's done for me. And this is my life update. So the biggest things that have changed with Moldavite are my friendships, being sexually assaulted, dating better people, TikTok, my work, and I don't drink now. I used, okay, me being like, I don't drink, but I was just seen on a vlog getting fucked up. The birthday vlog that I uploaded for Maisie on my YouTube channel, it's Libby Bitch. I will always stay plugging my shit because I'm that fucking bitch. And if you want to watch that vlog, go check out um, my, I, th- I don't know what the fuck I titled it, but it's on my YouTube channel. So like, go check that out. I, I don't drink. Okay, here's... I drink for special occasions. I drink on vacations, and I drink for birthdays. Other than that, I'm not really into drinking anymore. Like, I just don't like it. Like, once I got Moldavite, I remember I was sitting in my bed. It was around Christmas time, and it was, like, right after I got a Moldavite. You're like, bitch, you said you got Moldavite in October, Christmas time. Okay, so I must... I got it in, like, November, and... Well, I just had my Christmas tree up. This is why I remember it. I had a glass of wine. I felt like I injected fucking heroin. And, like, no, I've never injected heroin, but the way alcohol was making me feel was, like, so terrible. I was like, oh, my God, like, I have to go to my sister's house. I'm not doing well. I don't... I literally don't know what to... I can't even explain to you what was wrong So maybe it wasn't heroin because I hear heroin makes you happy. It was more like I was just so anxious and panicky and like it didn't feel like a normal drunk. It felt like a weird fucking drunk. So after that, I was like, okay, I don't think Moldavite wants me to drink anymore. And then of course I tried it again. I was like, I need to see if Moldavite really doesn't want me to drink, drink again. It just, it doesn't end well for me when I drink. Like the next day, my hangovers get 
so intense, like so brutally intense. When I drank on New Year's Eve, I was so hungover the next day. I genuinely wanted to die. I'm not going to be fake about it. I wanted to die. Okay. Um, I always talk with my, cause my sister's like a big drinker. Like, okay. Sorry, sissy. Anyways, she will go on like 72 hour benders and she calls, she's like, I'm going on my weekend bender. Like it's totally normal for like kids my age and people my age. Like they go and they drink all weekend. Like you work during the week, you drink all weekend. Livy is just like the complete opposite of that. So I don't know where the fuck I was going with that point. Oh, I'm like, my sister is like completely fine after the bender. Like she's normal. Her life is good. If I was to do that same bender, I would be checked into the mental facility so fucking quickly. Like I would have to go to the mental hospital. I would have to be back with the homies in the mental hospital because of the simple fact that like I cannot do the benders like she does. I cannot even, I have like two glasses of wine at dinner the next day. I am a fucking miserable cunt. You guys are like, isn't that every day for you, bitch? Suck my fat dick. No, but I don't know what it is. I just cannot function the next day after a hangover. So yeah, I'm sober unless it's someone's birthday or it's someone's or it's vacation. Other than that, I'm pretty much fucking sober right now. I don't smoke. I stopped smoking in June when I thought people were throwing rocks at me. So, and I don't really drink. So I'm sober. Never did the hard drugs. Could really never get into it. Honestly, like, just not my cup of tea. I'm sober now. I hate to say sober like I had an addiction. I'm just, I don't drink and I don't smoke. I don't do anything. So that's what I mean by sober. So, okay, this is where we're going to get into a little bit of a more serious part, but you know me, bitch, I can never take anything seriously. So I am going to, like, address this situation how I would normally address this situation like I'm just gonna be me anyways if you've been listening to the podcast the last couple months you will have known I was sexually assaulted you're like goddamn bitch you had to say it like that yeah like I just like joke my way through my traumas like it's the point of the fucking podcast anyways So I want to get into a little bit more detail about that because it's like now just hitting me what happened. And I think I've went into it on other podcast episodes. I mean, like I definitely did make a whole podcast episode about it. Keep your fingers to yourself. But like, I want to like fully just like tell you guys every single thing that happened and why it's hitting me so hard now is because I'm dating anyways, but it's been like, as fun as it is, as fun as it is to be dating and like dating new people, doing new things, going on dates, all that fun shit or whatever, it is so fucking painful to date after sexual assault because like, okay, now every single emotion is coming up for me because the last time I dated was, and by dated, I like, I genuinely only talked to that, to that kid who sexually assaulted me. We were just like talking, like we were going on dates and stuff, but like I knew I was never going to date him because he simply was not good enough for me. I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat anything. Like I told him that too. I was like, you're just not, I wasn't like, you're just not good enough for me to date. But like our, our lifestyles and the way we lived life were completely different. And I was like, yeah, no, I told him, I was like, no, I never want to date you. He like made me realize like I want to be in a relationship, but just like not with him. Like I definitely want a relationship in my life. Like I'm a relationship ass kind of bitch, but just not with him. You know, like I was like, oh, you've made me realize that like dating and going on dates and stuff again is like what I want and having someone with me to end my nights with is exactly what I want. But like just not with you because I just felt like we were at two different. No, I just didn't feel like he was good enough. I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it. I was always like, am I settling? Am I settling? Am I settling? And if you have that thought, if you're settling, you're probably fucking settling. So I was like, oh my God, I'm settling. Anyways. Okay, you know what? Let's fucking go into it. The way I met him was, I was never going to tell this story on my podcast, but here we go. Um, I was out one night with some old friends and by old friends, we're just like not friends anymore. So at the time we were friends, but we went to this club in like a couple blocks away from me. And that night I took his best friend home. 
This is so fucked up. So I took his best friend home. I like thought the other guy was cute. I was like, he's such a vibe. But somehow I ended up with the other guy in my bed. Who fucking knows how that worked out? We didn't have sex. We didn't really do anything at all, actually. We really just talked. That was about it. The next day I woke up and I was like, okay, over this kid that's in my bed right now, I actually like don't fuck with him at all. The other guy is cute. And we're going to call this other guy Fingers because he's the guy who sexually assaulted me. So we're going to call him Fingers. So I was like texted to the friends and I was like, oh my God, someone give me his Instagram username. That is who I'm going for, which is like low key fucked up. Like I literally wake up out of bed and I'm like looking to my left. I'm like, not this motherfucker could never, could never do this one again. And then I'm like, okay, but the friend was cute as fuck. And I actually like vibed with the friend a little bit more. I'm being so generous by saying cute as fuck. Um, anyways, Follow the best friend on Instagram, the best friend. And oh, and then I DM'd the best friend at my grandma's funeral. And I was like, we need to talk like because we were like bantering back and forth the night before. Like it was fun, whatever. Who cares? And but then I like took his best friend home because I'm a whore. But like, I don't know. And then I was like, fuck the fuck the friend, whatever. I like this friend a little bit better. And then within a week, he was taking me out on a date. You're like, Livy, what? I know. I thought it was kind of weird too. I was like, you know, I did just like take your best friend home. Literally a, a week later, the other best friend was in my room. Like, so I had taken two best friends home within one week of each other. And the thing is, I would tell you guys if like that was my vibe, but like, I'm not usually like that. I'm usually a little bit more standoffish like I usually I'm literally not kidding I don't date but when I do I'm bringing everybody and their best friends home okay like two best friends same week I didn't give a single fuck I was like I'm gonna do what's best for me and who I like more and it happens to be this motherfucker that's how I met the guy that sexually assaulted me so that's the fucked up part is that we were like talking. We were genuinely talking. At one point I was like, could I date this motherfucker? And then I was like, no, I could not. Anyway, so we were talking. We, I then ended things and I was like, we're only friends. Like we can only be friends, but we still hung out all the time. We would get dinner. We would do like fun fucking shit. And it was, we never really hooked up after that. After I was like, no, I'm done with all of this because I was like, oh, I, like, I don't want to hook up with you. That will just not be good for me. Like, I'm not good at just hooking up with people. I was like, I will catch feelings. And it's just like, it's, that's not the route I want to go down. And he understood that. He had spent the night several times after we had just been friends because I wanted to cuddle. You're like, Livy, what? I wanted to cuddle. That's the, I will admit it. I fully used this motherfucker just to cuddle. Like, fuck, that sounds terrible. And I'm telling you all right now never to do that because it'll get you in some fucked up situations. So what I did was we would get dinner, we would paint, we would cuddle. Literally the same shit I do with Maisie. Like that is exactly how Maisie and I's nights go. So I just really wanted company, I guess we could say at that time in my life. Like that's all I really wanted was fucking company because the fact that I'm like, we just cuddled. And I just, I never wanted to fuck him when he slept over, because if I wanted to, I would have, I would have fucked him. It was not that I was like, I just want to cuddle and like have a fun night like that. That's about it. And for me, that didn't give me feelings to catch. Like it just really helped me go to bed. Like I'm not going to lie. It was like a fucking melatonin as a person anyways. So yeah, the one night and we had done this, we were doing sleepovers pretty often, not hooking up, which is a little bit fucking crazy actually. Anyways, the last time we had our sleepover, um, I woke up in the middle of the night to his arm around my neck and his fingers in my vagina and him being like, are you awake? Are you awake? And um, I woke up frozen with fear. Oh, trigger warning. I'm talking about sexual assault frozen with fear because the one thing about this kid and I, we're going to call him fingers is that I told fingers everything about my past. I told fingers, I went into detail to fingers about how my ex raped me. I went into details with finger about how I was so scared to sleep next to another, so scared to sleep next to another guy because of 
how my ex raped me in the past. Like I would, and it was just terrifying to sleep next to a man. Cause like, I just had like no control over what they were going to do to me in my sleep. So it took me two years to start, to start dating again. So like fingers was the first person I dated quotations, like talked to after ending my relationship with my one ex he didn't rape me um it was my ex before that so basically I was in two relationships one raped me that was my first one my second one he was just like an abusive cheater like that's about you guys are like whoa okay still fucked up anyways um but like I was able to sleep next to that boyfriend because obviously like I got on those terms with him but after that relationship I was like holy fuck there's four years there of healing with two different guys like I need to heal myself from both of these relationships and to do that like it was so beyond obvious to me that I was not able to sleep next to another guy because I had also slept next to like a guy friend. And then I was like, I'm, I can't do that. I'm like, I ever again, like, I'm so sorry. Like the whole night I was petrified. Something was going to happen because like my ex would rape me in my sleep. So yeah. So for two years, I wasn't able to date really because I was healing myself too. I was, yeah, like having to get over these fears and these traumas of what my people in my past have done to me. So I was like genuinely terrified and fingers came along and I was like, you know what? I feel so comfortable with you. Like I genuinely did feel so comfortable with him and like we would sleep next to each other. And I was like, he would never do this to me because one, I have voiced every single thing that's happened. Like I have went into detail about rape. I have went into detail about sexual assault. Like I went into detail about what these guys have done to me and what it did to me and how hard it was for me to open myself up to another guy. And like, I hadn't had sex in those two years. I did fuck one guy. I'm not going to lie. I did fuck one guy. And, but like, it was one time it was really fuzzy. It was weird. It was like, not a fun vibe. Um, and, but like within, so like, I'm like, I don't fucking count that. Um, but like after that guy, like I didn't have sex with anybody for two years. Well, he was like in the middle of the two years. I'm not going to lie. He was in the middle of the two years, but I just was like, yeah, I'm, I was so open and honest with fingers to a point that it was like, literally, I told him fucking everything. And I was like terrified to sleep next to guys, but he made me feel good. And we had slept next to each other several times after we had not, when I had cut, stopped the hooking up. I had stopped all of it. So to wake up to this motherfucker fingering in me in my sleep, I just wanted to die. Like, I'm sorry. Like I fully was like, you have to be fucking kidding me. I called my one friend and I was like, I'm bawling my eyes out. I have no idea what to do. Cause he had left right after that. I had woke up and I was frozen. I couldn't say anything. And he just like walked out and I was like, mm, got it. And I literally was frozen. I was like, what the, what the fuck do I do? Like, I have no idea what to do. So yeah, that was pretty traumatic for me. And it's now really just seeping in because now that I am dating, like I want to have the guys that I'm talking to over to my apartment. Like I want to do all those things, but like I have been in extensive therapy because of this sexual assault that like, and I just know it's going to cause me a lot of anxiety and fear to like have somebody in my apartment. Um, and like, I just like, don't know if I can sleep next to someone. I'm like getting a little bit emotional, but it's like not that big of a deal. But like, I just like can't imagine myself sleeping next to someone right now. I'm in like a really weird position because it's um I don't think I can sleep next to somebody for like a really long time and that kind of sucks because when you're getting to know someone and you're dating someone you want to sleep next to them and you want to do all those cute and fun things and it's right now like I can't really do that also I have a fucking stunning apartment like my apartment's beautiful I would love to show the people that I'm dating my apartment. They're probably like, this bitch does not live where she says, but like, I just simply can't have guys into my apartment. Like I have to set up that boundary. I'm still healing. I'm still like fucking shaken from the whole experience. Um, this also is like giving me so much, so many flashbacks from when I was 16 and I was first sexually assaulted. And it gives me so many flashbacks 
And like, I fucking hate the men who sexually assaulted me. Like I hate them both. I hate the men that raped me. Like I hate these motherfuckers. Like I hate them so fucking much. But the thing is, as much as I hate them, like I forgive them for the simple fact of like, I'm forgiving them for me. Like I am only forgiving them so I can move forward with my life and like not have to deal with this shit anymore. Like that is the only reason I forgive them. They're all fucking disgusting and they're all fucking trash and they all deserve to be in jail and they all deserve to be literally dead. Um, I don't give a fuck. I'm saying it. They have taken so much for me but at the same time it's like you actually didn't take that fucking much because I am a stronger person because of these situations I'm having the uncomfortable conversations I'm talking about the topics that nobody fucking talks about because of these men so if that's one thing that I can look at that's like a fucking positive is that I get to use this podcast and this platform to be like you know what no I have been sexually assaulted it has fucked my life up but the thing is I didn't let it ruin my fucking life I come back like a motherfucking boomerang every time it happens Hey, what? Um, but yeah, it fucking sucks. Hi, midday matcha. Um, so I normally never do this, but I was in therapy today and I had one of those therapy sessions where I was like, okay, I need to come back in, re-record a section of the podcast and like let you guys know what I'm feeling now because I also had like a really great session with my therapist and I feel like you guys could benefit from it. Me a literal bitch. I feel like you can benefit from my session with my therapist. No, but like she said some really great things and we came to a really great understanding about a lot of things and I was like I have to come back on to Midday Mountain and talk about this. So here I go. Um... We, so dating after sexual assault, I just sat down with her and I made a list of things that are important to me. And that's like, I'm going to give you a couple things on my list. So it's like, whenever I go on a date with somebody, these things are important to me. Like they have to check off these things. It is if he pays for the bill, if he's successful, if he's kind, caring, funny, like Make a list, okay? Make a list of things that are important to you. And I'm like, does he respect my boundaries? Like, that's my list, basically. And then we go through the list, and if they have marked off, they should mark off 100% of them, but if, like, they're not marking, like, though, for example, one of the guys that I went on a date with had, like, a 2 out of 15, like, that's a terrible rating. Like, no, then I can't have that person in my life. You know what I mean? So... Make a list of things that are important to you to have in your life, like with the dating. Like, I think that's so important. And I, she's sent me the list and I'm going to reflect on that list and just like through my days and be like, okay, are the people I'm talking to, like, do they have these things that I know that I want? Because I feel like a lot of times when we get into dating, we get wrapped up into it so quickly. And like, sometimes our morals and our values go out the window a little bit. So like, I think it's important to have the list. So I really like that as well as dating after sexual assault is, it was so difficult for me because I always felt like I should like this specific kind of person. Like I had someone come into my life and I was like, I really should like them. Like they're such a great guy. They have all the qualities that like I would want to have, but like, I just, I just don't like something's missing. All my friends were like, oh my God, he's so perfect for you. Like you should definitely like keep pursuing him. But like there was something in me that was like, no, like I just like don't feel it. And like after dating after sexual assault too, like I feel like, you know, it's so hard for me to like put people into my life and like go on dates and do those things. So to have that and then be like, oh no, but I don't really like him was a little bit of like, a blow. I was like, that's kind of sucks. You know, like I thought there was potential there. I got to know him a little bit better and I was like, oh, there's actually no potential there. And so like, that's a little bit annoying and like, that's not really fun. But like at the same time, it's like, okay, you know, that me realizing that is just making room for like the right people to come into my life. So once I can be like, okay, not him, cancel him off the list. It's like, okay, that's one more person that I know that I don't want to date and I don't want a future with. Like, I don't want a relationship with this person instead of just being in the unknown of like, well, what we could do. Like, I'm not that kind of person. Like, I want to fucking know. Like, if I like you, we're probably going to move past fast. We're probably going to like get into things quickly. And like, I want to make sure 
Like, I like you. And I was, for a while, was feeling like I didn't really, like, I liked them only because everyone was telling me to like them and that I should like this person because, like, finally, Livy, it's a good guy. You should really like this guy. Come on, Liv. Like, finally a good guy and, like, this is how you're acting. And I was like, fuck. Like, this kind of sucks. And then, like, I sat down with my therapist and she's like, no, if you don't like this person, like, you don't like this person and that's totally normal and that's totally fine. Like, don't force something and be in something because you feel like you should be. And I feel like dating after sexual assault, like I want to be with that perfect guy who like on paper looks like this amazing guy and would never do any of those things. You know what I mean? Like when someone comes like that into your life where it's like, wow, he's like such a perfect guy. He's like checks all the boxes. Like your friends love him. He's so great. But like, you're not feeling it. It's like, you still have to like live for you. And I know a lot of times like dating after sexual assault, you're like, I just want to be with someone who like gets it and like loves me and like wants to be with me kind of thing. And you kind of want to just like get out of the mindset and the feeling of like the gross sexual assault and know that you can move forward and that you can be loved correctly and you can have the right people in your life. And I think it's really important that you don't rush that and that comes naturally. And that if you don't really like that person, like then it, you know, fucking drop them. I feel like that's as simple as it gets. As well as like, I've told you guys in the past, like boundaries, like my biggest boundary right now was like, I don't have guys in my apartment. Guys cannot be in my apartment besides like Maisie's boyfriend, Drew. That's like, cause like that's Drew. You know what I mean? It's like, I meant like guys just like me alone with a guy. Like it's just not a great idea. And I do that because first of all, the fear of being sexually assaulted. Second of all, that person has to respect that boundary for me. And like, I always have guys that are like, well, come, can I come over? I'll cook you dinner. I'll do this. It's like, my bed is in the middle of my room. Like, yeah, you want to come over and cook me dinner? Motherfucker, you want to fuck? And it's just an uncomfortable position to be put myself in. And like, I just don't want to put myself in that position as well as I just simply protect my apartment with everything. Like that is my sacred space. This is my home. I spend all day, every day in here. Like I don't ever want to have that feeling that I don't want to be here anymore. Cause like in my past apartment, I had terrible things happen in there. It's like, you don't want to live in there. Like you just are reminded of the bad things that happen. So I take my apartment really seriously and like who I let in it. And if like, I was having someone who like kind of kept pushing that boundary that was like, let me come over. And like, I was straight up honest. Like I told you guys like, no, I've been sexually assaulted. I'm healing. I can't have anybody in my apartment. And then it's like they, when they keep pushing those boundaries and they keep going, it's like, you need to cut that person out of your life. Like they're just showing you right then and there that they don't necessarily respect that boundary. And they're seeing how far they can push you for that boundary. And I was like, okay, so they're seeing how far they can push me for that boundary. And like, I'm still staying like stuck on my boundary of like, no, you know, I do like you, but like, I cannot have you in my apartment. And I just feel like when you set up those boundaries and you have the people that come in and test you on those boundaries, a lot of the time I feel like you're like, this is going to sound a little crazy, but I feel like it's the universe testing you. It's like, how serious are you about your boundaries? How serious are you about your healing? So we can provide the right people for you into your life. You know what I mean? It's like a little bit of a test. I've always felt that way. Like little things like that, that happen where I can look back and be like, Oh, I, I, I did have this boundary. I'm reflecting on it in therapy that he kept asking him to come over. He kept doing it. He was pushing a boundary for me and I just stand still when I could have been like, ah, fuck it. Just like come over. Like we have fun anyways. But I'm like, I like you. Like I want to see you come over. But instead I like stood true to that boundary and it just kind of showed it's like, okay, it was a little bit of like a test from the universe. I feel like of like, okay, she's staying true to her boundaries. She's staying true to her healing and the type of people that she wants into her life. You know what I mean? Like someone who respects my boundaries is like one of my biggest things on my list. So like in that sense, like I need someone who respects my boundaries. That's the little test I feel like I got from the universe as well as I was really deep diving with my therapist and I was like, there's just a lot of anger. You know, I have a lot of anger. I'm sure you guys can probably hear it in the episode. Um, with after the sexual assault, like I don't really know how to like let go of that anger. And then I talked to her a little bit more and I went down to like the meaning of like what that anger was behind. And it was like, I had a relationship with this person. I had a, like, I trusted this person. I gave this person so much fucking trust and they completely violated that in every sense of the way. So there's anger of what happened. And also I have my own anger for myself. And like, 
it was not my fault. It will never be my fault. I could have never prevented that. I could have never controlled that. And like, if you're in that situation too, just know that you could have never prevented that or controlled that. Like, I know you guys listened to the episode and you're like, well, he was in your apartment. And does that give anybody a right to sexually assault someone? Like, yeah, we were in my apartment and we were going to bed together, but we had done that several times. Still, no means no. And I was asleep. You know what I mean? Like there was no consent. I was fully asleep. And even if you're dating, even if you're in a long-term relationship, that is never okay for someone to finger you in your sleep. It is never okay for anybody to do anything without your consent or any, or touch you in any sort of way. Like if you don't like it, that's so beyond fucked up. And I dug deeper and I was like, I trusted the fuck out of this person. So for this person to turn around and then like sexually assault me, it's like, it throws you for a fucking loop. And that was the same thing when I was 16. The guy who sexually assaulted me was like my best guy friend. And it's like, you trust this person. Like you told this person so many deep things about you. You had a relationship with this person and they can turn around and do something so evil and disgusting to you that really fucks with your life. And you're just like, how? So there's a lot of hurt still for me with what happened in the sexual assault of like someone I really cared about and I know cared about me was willing to just completely violate me after even knowing everything that I had been through is so beyond fucked up. But it's like, you know what? Yes, that happened. But as crazy as it sounds, I am so fucking grateful that happened. And you want to know why? Because now I have these boundaries that are set up and I have these boundaries that are in place of like, no men can come to my apartment. I will not go on dinner dates with like my first date with men will not be dinner dates. I have to go on brunch dates or coffee. Like I cannot do little things like that. Cause like it could end in them being back in my apartment. You know what I mean? Like if I was to do a dinner or something, couple glasses of wine, I'm a little horny. I'm going to try Like I might want to fuck, you know? And I know that's just not what I can be doing right now in my life. Like I need to take take it slow and like make sure that the person is like actually good and stable to be in my life. And, um, so it's like, no, I actually thank him cause he's setting up the, he set up these boundaries that I needed to create so I could weed the good and the bad people out of my life. For example, I was talking to a guy back in January and I was like, let's like get a just do a coffee date. And as soon as I could see, he was like a little hesitant on the coffee date and wanted to do dinner or he like wanted to come to my apartment. And once I made that not a fucking option for him, he was a little bit more like, okay, well this is annoying. And I was like, okay, that just shows me I don't need that fucking person in my life. And that this person is not going to respect my boundaries whatsoever and does not want to respect my boundaries. And so I know now, like, I'm not going to negotiate shit with him. You have two options. It's brunch or coffee. That's about it. There is no apartment. There is no dinner. If you're not going to respect that boundary, you're no longer in my life. He didn't respect that boundary. He's no longer in my life as well as like the other boundary of with the other guy I was talking to where it's like, he kept pushing the boundary. It's like, motherfucker, if you keep pushing it, we're done. I told you once, I don't want to have this conversation again. Every time I have this conversation, it upsets me. I get genuinely upset. Dating's supposed to be fun. I should never be upset. I should never be annoyed with a conversation and I should never be frustrated. So with that being said, you're done. You're cut and that boundary's done. And it's like, you know what? If I didn't have these boundaries set up for myself that were because of the guy that sexually assaulted me, maybe I would have found myself in like questionable situations. Like I totally could have seen myself fucking the guy back in January and like going, moving too quickly. And we just... And he's also like the same guy that I made the episode of like, I'm more than just a fucking bitch about. He's the guy that wanted me to like sit there and look pretty. I would have fucking hated to be in a relationship with him. I literally would have truly hated to date him. And so it's like, but I could have been emotionally attached a little bit sooner by having sex because I didn't really have that boundary set in place before the guy that sexually assaulted me came into my life. You know, I move quickly. I date quickly. If I like you, I like you. We're going to move pretty fucking quickly. And now this is taking me to take a step back and be like, okay, what do I want? Do these people respect my boundaries? And like, are they checking the things off on my list? You know? So I'm grateful that I have these boundaries because I feel like I really could have gotten myself into some situations that I did not want to be in with men that I did not want to date, you know? So I'm really happy, not really happy that he's actually assaulted me, but I'm like, I have to flip the narrative in my head. If I want to get over this and like be hundred percent healed from this and like, I do want to forgive him because I want to move on with my own life is that I have to, um, 
flip this narrative of like, oh my God, poor me, poor me, poor me. It's like, you know what? No, there was a positive that came out of this. I now have boundaries in my life that I've never had before. I'm weeding out the good and bad, good and bad people like no other. Like I know the good and I know the bad so easily. And I'm also like listening to my intuition more. Like I'm very, my gut is telling me one thing. Like I have to trust my intuition. I have to trust myself on that, you know, with the guy that was like perfect on paper and everyone wanted me to like get more serious with him. My gut was like, no, like this is not a vibe. And then I sat down with my therapist and I was like, I'm just not feeling it. And we went down through my list and she was like, yeah, that's because he only checks two out of 15 things. She's like, it's so easy to get caught up on the type of guy you should date, the good guy, all these things. But if you're not feeling it, it's not going to be for you. So haha, dating after sexual assault is a little bit hectic. Like, well, I say like I have some extreme fucking boundaries and at the end of the day, these boundaries are not a hundred percent preventing me from not getting sexually assaulted again. Like it's the same thing with marriage, you know, marriage could end in divorce. You know, any guy I eventually let into my life in the future could eventually sexually assault me, you know, but now I have these boundaries set in place that I'm hopefully weeding out those kinds of guys, but I also have the tools and the resources to know how to get through it and how to overcome sexual assault and how to overcome this stuff and be a stronger person. So it's not like I'm a hundred percent, like no one's ever going to sexually assault me again. Like I can't say that. I wish I fucking could, but like I can't and that's okay. But these boundaries set in place are going, are literally, they're like foolproof. Like they're only going to attract good guys. Only good guys will make it past my boundaries list and make it past into like my life. And so like, I'm picky with who I put into my life. I'm so extremely picky. You know, I have to be because I live a great fucking life. Not everybody deserves to be in my life. And that's just that. So these are a couple little things that I also, after having that little therapy session, you're like, God damn, bitch, you came on here as zen as fuck. Like what? Um, but yeah, after therapy, like I wanted to come in and be like, you know what? There was a lot of other things that I want to talk to you guys about that I think could also help you guys. Like I also think it's so important for everybody to be in therapy. Like I feel like I already said that. And I love to share my therapy tips with you guys because some of you might not be able to be in a situation where you can go to therapy or for therapy or anything like that. So I'm always willing to give you guys those tips, like make that list, like make your non-negotiables, make your list of boundaries and don't be scared to date, you know, as weird as that sounds like, don't be scared to date, but like, don't be like, you need to put yourself out there more to realize what you do and don't want. And you don't have control if someone's going to sexually assault you again or not. Like you don't have any control of that, but what you do have control is of like the good and the bad people that you can put into your life and how fast things go. You have a hundred, a hundred percent control of the speed of the relationship. So like take your goddamn time, see if you really want to be in this person be with this person. I feel like a lot of times we get wrapped up into things and we're like, hold on, do I even fucking like this motherfucker? If you don't even like them, like you should not be worried about anything besides like, do I actually like this person? Do I actually want a future with this person? Would I actually want to date this person? I feel like that's the number one thing. And sometimes we forget that. So here I am just coming on, telling you a little something. Now let's get back into my life update. Um, Zen Livy is now leaving, but I had like one of those therapy sessions where it's like, God, fuck, this just improved my life so much. And like, huh, I love that shit. Okay, bye. There's so many days where I'm like, I'm done. Like I genuinely, like I'm so over this. I don't want to do anything for the rest of the day. I want to curl up my bed and I just want to cry. Like I feel so violated and I feel so taken advantage of. But then I'm like, I'm Livy. Like I'm fucking Livy. You guys are like, what is wrong with you? You psycho bitch. No, but like I am like, I'm a boss ass bitch. Anything that comes my way, I'm going to get the fuck through it. And the best thing that's ever happened to me is this podcast to be able to talk to all of you. The amount of messages that I get from you guys that have also, also been sexually assaulted or also have dealt with something that I've dealt with is one very alarming because it's like, goddamn, there's really been that many of us that have been sexually assaulted, but like, that's the world that we live in today. Men are trash and that's it. But it makes me, you make me want to keep going. Like what? That's so emotional. But like the messages I get from people saying like, I've helped them with these 
their situations. Like that is, I keep going. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep having these conversations. I'm going to keep talking about my own traumas. You guys are like, bitch, you're obsessed with yourself. But I know, but I'm doing it because I'm like, you guys, if I can give any of you hope and you have vocalized me that I'm giving you hope, then I'm like, it's worth it. Like whatever happened to me, I will get through everything that comes my way. And if I can give you some sort of hope, then talking about this stuff and going through this stuff is worth it. As insane as that sounds, me being like sexual assault's worth it. No, but it is just because I want to show all of you that this is what I'm dealing with behind the scenes of everything, but I'm getting through it. I'm okay. If I can do this, you can do this too. As hard as it is to date after sexual assault. And as like every time I'm about to go on a date, I'm like, I want to cancel. I'm canceling. I literally don't want to do it to have to push myself and like, be like, no, you have to date. You have to go out there. You have to approach this with an open mind. It has been so difficult. Like it has been insanely, insanely, insanely difficult because every part of me just wants to like crawl back into bed and be like, no, it's not worth it. Like I've only been shown negative things from men. Of course, I'm going to feel like something negative is going to happen, but then addressing like, okay, yes, I'm having that thought. They've given me no reason to have that thought. So I need to give them a chance. Like I I have to go out there. I have to give them a chance, not only for them, but for me. Like I deserve a great love. I deserve to be loved and respected. What else has changed? This is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to put it in the podcast because I want to document this. So I have this overwhelming feeling that my time in Chicago is coming to an end. Oh my God. So like, okay. Imagine me like looking back on this podcast episode and being like, bitch, what the fuck were you talking about? But I... I'm viewing Chicago in a different way right now. I'm like looking at it and I'm like, I'm really going to miss you. Like, I'm going to miss you. I don't know why. I don't know why the fuck I'm viewing it like that. But within the past couple weeks, I've just had this feeling that like a lot of stuff is about to start changing. And I don't think my time here in Chicago, like I know I want to move in September. I've always felt like I was going to move before September. I don't know why. It's just been a feeling I had. And... I just feel like my time in Chicago's ending. Does that sound weird? I don't know. I just feel like I'm gonna like, I'm really gonna miss this place. You're like, are you on crack? I know I'm eventually gonna leave, so I wanna take in every moment I have with it, but like, I don't know why I have an overwhelming feeling that it's just like, it's time to go pretty soon. It's time to go. I don't know why. Maybe I need a vacation, who fucking knows? Anyways. I just feel it coming to an end and I don't know how to explain that without sounding like a psychopath. So I've just outgrown Chicago. You're like, oh, you fucking bitch. You've outgrown it. No, like I've just, the only reason I've been in Chicago was for my comedy. Like that's the only reason I'm here, like for the opportunities and stuff. I finished all my comedy training. Everything I can do in Chicago comedy wise, I've fucking done it. So it's time to get my ass up and go. So that's a little update. I just feel like my time with Chicago is ending and I really need to embrace it. I never leave this fucking apartment. Anyways, TikTok. I want to update you guys on another big part of my life, which is TikTok has taken over my life. I'm currently at 65,000 followers, bitch. What? Like, what the fuck? That's a lot. And I love it. I love it. I love it on there. It just feels so much more intimate. Like I've said this for so long now. I Instagram to me is just like, who can act like they're living the best life when they're truly depressed inside. And I'm just like over Instagram. I like going on TikTok, being honest and being like, what the fuck is up? Like, da, da, da. And you guys appreciating me for just like who I am on TikTok and like posting whatever I want and doing whatever I want. So I love it. Like I love it there, but I also fucking hate it at the same time because the hate gets a little ridiculous. You're like, Livy, how could a perfect bad bitch like you get hate comments? Well, they find a way to fucking do it. I try not to look into it that much. Like, I'm just like, okay, you fucking losers. Like anytime I get hate, I'm like, all right, asshole, shut the fuck up. And I keep my day moving. Like, I'm just like, whatever. But sometimes, like I posted this TikTok about, um, Gemini's. I talked a little bit of shit on Gemini's. It was Maisie and I, 
the amount of comments, like, don't talk about zodiac signs on TikToks unless you want a bunch of eight-year-olds to drag you through the fucking mud and tell you how shitty you are. Like, I kid you not, I was reading some of these comments and I was like, I have to get off my phone. Like, these fucking bully-ass bitches. And so, like, it gets a little aggressive on there. There's a little bit of hateful people on there. I've been blocking a couple people on there. I'm like, what is... I'm like, I'm not coming on here. Like, I just, like, don't understand the hate. Like, I just don't get it. So, like, that's not fun. Also, it's weird to, like, have to be, like, the hate is getting a little bit intense. But Maisie and I are both on TikTok. And we're both loving it. And we love to post together, too, obviously. But, like, some days we're, like, I can't go back on the app. Like, I am fucking traumatized because a seven-year-old like literally came for my life this morning. Like I'm good. Like I need to fucking step away from the screen because a seven year old wants me to die. Like it's just a little bit intense. I'm like, God damn. Why are you also negative sometimes? But then the nice people, I'm like, I would die for you. So I love TikTok. Uh, yeah, I stopped posting on YouTube as much, but I'm like getting back into posting on YouTube. I was posting on YouTube weekly and then I stopped posting on YouTube as much after the Bad Bitch Masterclass because it clearly drained my fucking energy. Like doing the Bad Bitch Masterclass was very intense, but I love it and it was great and I will probably do a season two, but now it's like, oh my God, now I'm just putting a little bit more of like that time into TikTok and I'm going to get back into YouTube, but like I just... Needed a moment and TikTok took over for a little bit, but I'll get back into YouTube. Don't fucking worry. I did just post a vlog of Maisie and I. Also, Maisie and I have a YouTube channel together now. So yeah, I am back into YouTube. It's Maisie and Livy, all caps, because we are that bitch. Anyways, what else is new in my life? Friendships. Friendship, friendship, friendships. I have cut toxic people from my life. Um, if you haven't gathered that, I have posted probably 50 fucking episodes on it. And I am feeling better than ever. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling happy with who's in my circle currently and I just don't have time or energy for people anymore I have realized so much that I mean like I come I do a podcast weekly I post myself all day every day and I'm like exerting my energy this is gonna sound crazy but like I'm exerting my energy so much like I'm extrovert I'm just like a crazy wild bitch like I am a crazy wild bitch in general but like Posting yourself that much daily and like listening to myself talk so much and recording these episodes, it really takes a lot of energy from me. So at the end of the days, I'm like, like my weekends, I really just want to just, I just want to relax. Like I just want to fucking relax and I don't want to hear myself talk. After I post Midday Matcha on Friday, I'm like, I just need a moment to genuinely relax and have a night to myself and breathe. I try and have a weekend to myself. Um, it doesn't usually work. I do usually see people in that weekend because I feel a bit guilty. Um, my own issues. And I'm like, I just need a moment to just like be by myself. Like I just need time away from the screen. I need time away from everything and just be in my own little bubble in my own little world. I just like to be myself a lot. You're like, are you good? I don't know. No, I am. But like, I'm like, it just realized me I just realized how much that shit means to me of just like being in my own little world, like just really disconnecting from everything. Taking time for myself has really been important for me these past couple of months. <gasps> I'm ringing in my ear right now. That means my angels want to say something to me. What do you want to say? They said you need a Range Rover. I'm not kidding. Overall, my life update. I know it got a little emotional when I was talking about my sexual assault. Other than my sexual assault and like dealing with that, I'm a pretty happy ass bitch. Like I will say this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. This is the most confident I've ever been in my life. The most secure with myself and my circle that I've ever been with my life. If you can hear that fucking ambulance, I'm going to lose my damn mind. I have cut out unnecessary drama and bullshit from my life. I love every day. Like I wake up every day like a happy ass bitch. Like I get up, I go to my workout class. I come home, I do what I need to do. I work for myself. Like I'm a fucking boss bitch. Okay, sorry. I don't know. I'm not sorry. I am a boss bitch. Anyways. Yeah, I love being with myself. I'm sober now. Okay, like sober in parentheses unless it's a vacation or a birthday. Or I'm going to get fucked up. Anyways. But yeah, I'm like, I don't... 
I don't need to like drink to have fun anymore. I like just have fun by my on my own without getting fucked up. And I my hair's growing. Like life is good. Like I have never seen my hair this long in like five fucking years. Like, goddamn, life is pretty fucking good. I'm pretty fucking happy with it. And I know a lot of good changes and positive changes are coming my way. And I'm ready for them. And I'm excited. And I'm dating and I'm gonna get my back. I was going to say, I'm going to get my back blown out soon. And that's not like today, but like eventually, like I'm going to fuck and (laughs) I'm going to fuck and I'm going to open my legs and it's going to be a good time and I'm going to get my asshole eaten. And I will update you on the next life update episode if I've gotten my ass eaten by then or not. I can guarantee you I probably have. And you know what? I'm just a happy ass bitch. I hope all of you are happy ass bitches. My midday matcha memo is that bad stuff can come your way and hard things can come your way but how you deal with it is all that matters like I could have taken this sexual assault and cried myself to bed every single fucking night instead I did it every other night no but I could have like let it ruin my life but I was like fuck that and fuck him no I'm gonna get up I'm gonna be a bad bitch that I know I am I know how to get through hard shit I'm gonna get through this I'm gonna feel what I need to feel to be able to get through this and like that's another reason why I'm sober I don't want to fucking not have to have to restore what the fuck is the word resort to drugs and alcohol not to feel like I've already done that before it doesn't end well for me okay so I'm sober because I want to feel everything I want to work through everything and that's basically why I'm sober I don't know why I just addressed this at the end of the episode in the midday matcha memo but yeah Basically, I want everybody to know whatever the fuck comes your way, you're going to get through it. You're going to get out on the other side. You have that choice 100% of what happens to you in your life. All right. I love every single one of you. Have an amazing rest of your day, night, evening, whenever the fuck you see this. If you want more of me, you can follow me on Instagram at sheislivy as well as TikTok at sheislivy. My YouTube channel is It's Livy Bitch as well as my other YouTube channel is... Maisie and Livy, all caps. Okay, rate this podcast five stars now and leave a nice ass fucking comment. I love reading the reviews and I love seeing the ratings go up. Like, goddamn yes. And God, the views have obviously quadrupled and I'm very grateful for that. So, oh my God, to my new listeners, what's up? Okay, I love every single one of you. Have an amazing day. You're a bad bitch. Never forget that. (laughs) 